0: Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at NewHumanLiving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen.
1: So, have you ever thought of uh, the story of Jesus walking around and, you know, he walks into a leper colony and he does this, this healing And uh, in the moment, instantaneously, poof, done, fixed, fixed. Instantaneous, instantaneous resolution of any incongruency within that person's persona related to health. And I've niddled this for a long time. I don't recall any story about Jesus... um, Blessing somebody and they turn into a ball of white light that that they turn into their Christ consciousness that they instantly are able to embody their 5D consciousness and there's really been no story of some glowing orb, some deity you know some heavy hitter some power player from up on high metaphorically that has come down into the human condition and waved a wand and turned the slums into palaces that that just uh that's not in the rapport it's because we're here for the human experience we've shoehorned this vast, multidimensional soul that through the evolution of consciousness, in other words, through many, many incarnations, we come from the light and we load our psyche up, we load our karma up, we load our subconscious up until we've had enough. The The homeless person the The war vet Panhandling on the corner those are the the magi those are the big guys that have decided to go so far away from their truths that the journey back to their truth is metaphorically the the toughest challenge, the toughest lessons to learn to overcome. It's a curious thing that I've shared on the show before that my life has had several freight trains mow me down and lay me out flat. And I just had one recently that I had shared in previous episodes. And I've learned to, when I feel this this hardcore pain, this hardcore release, to turn and look at the pain, to turn and look into look into the fire, to to step into the fire. And when I quit my posturing, when I quit uh, trying to label it as some horrible thing, pain doesn't feel good. It's not like I'm trying to butter buttercoat it or whatever. Um, but when I turn and I look into it, it tells me a lot of stories. It shows me these flashes um i'm not psychic in a way where i have this wonderful high definition with surround sound playback stuff i i get glimpses but when i look into the pain and i and i allow it to flow over me untethered i know that i'm allowing the the greatest possible healing to happen in the moment this pain is an immense amount of energy in my psyche that's been there for a flipping long, long time. And when I can turn around and look into it and allow, it's like I become this portal or this vortex or pick your favorite buzzword that sets it free out of my psyche and if i were to posture with the pain and say oh no this is too much and i'm not discounting that whatsoever people are people have had a lot of pain and they can deal with it any way they want and that's perfect absolutely perfect but for myself i'm i'm every time a train wreck comes blowing through the neighborhood i've learned to just look into the pain in this last episode um i don't know how to describe it it's it's kind of like an, a new octave of consciousness in in the shadow side a new octave of consciousness a vast array of a vast vast collage of stories of horrendous struggle and torture and pain and from my past that put the pain in my psyche to come back later in this year to come back later in this incarnation as the train wreck. Um the journey from blowing the dark, uh Christ consciousness, Jesus personification to the darkest of the dark in the human psyche is a lot of power. A lot to to try to give it a metaphorical scale can it kind of help you understand when you're adding karma to your psyche and when you're letting go of it Uh, all right we need to get to it because talk about a powerful episode the topic tonight is reaching for you this is uh, the name of our guest's latest book reverend terry ann russell is our guest tonight we're having her back on the show in reaching for you, the the 12 transmissions of teachings from Mother Mary will align your consciousness with your higher self in a direct connection to your heart and life. You can think of it like a map, how to go from where you are to where you want to be. Your soul will take a front-row seat, and guide you through this beautiful journey. Do they sell popcorn at this front-row seat theater your soul sitting in? Thus, uh, your soul will guide you through this beautiful journey, and you'll get exactly what you need. Each transmission takes you deeper within that inner knowing and lets your soul take this steering wheel to guide you, thus helping you embody your higher self every day. That's a wonderful thing. Mary, our cosmic mother, can no longer sit idly watching what is played out on earth. No kidding. As you continue with transmissions, your life, as you go through this book, as you follow the, the guidance of this book, your life will change and further accelerate you on your spiritual path. Our guest tonight, Terry Ann Russell, is a quantum activator, violent flame 4.0 creator, alchemist, healer, author, and reverend. She is an intuitive empath healer with abilities in clairsentience and clairaudience. Her first book, which we had her on the show for, From Death to Life, the incredible true story of Anthony Joseph, was written just four months after the passing of her middle son, Anthony. When Terri-Ann is, is not writing, she is teaching energy, healing, and attending speaking engagements. Join me in welcoming Terry ann to the show. Terri-Ann, it's so nice to have you on the show. Welcome.
0: Hi, Les. Thank you for having me tonight. Well
1: now we were talking the other day and I asked you how it was writing the book and you said it was I don't want to put words in your mouth but it took you a year to write this book and and it it uh had a element of burden to it or uh challenge there was a lot of energetic uh uh taxation um how would you describe your experience that well actually why don't we let's get clear about the book for the audience tell us what the okay. book is where the content came from so we can understand this conversation
0: okay um, so when my middle son passed away I had wrote the first book and I had gone through a lot of grieving and loss and as the years went on so about two years uh, after his passing Um, I was feeling that deep grief again. It was around the time of his death and I felt like I was losing him again because I have such a strong connection with him. um, I had 33 different dream visits. He would visit me every month on the anniversary of his death and every dream sort of built off of one another too and he give me messages about what I needed to do and stuff like that. And then some dreams were just pretty simple and they were fun and they were just to remind me of him when he was a child and stuff like that. But as that progressed over those 33 dreams, I sort of started to heal. And it was like when he would come in and he would leave me in a dream, then I wouldn't no longer feel like it was such a loss. But at two years, I started again to go into this deep place of grief and sadness. And so the cellular memory in my body is still very current. So it brought me right back to losing him all over again. And he was ascending. And so in spirit, he was going higher as well. And so I equated all of this with losing him again, if that makes sense. Um, Sure. So it was profound in the way that I was like, okay, okay, how am i going to get through this it was so deep and painful just as if it was had just happened i mean that's how raw it was at that time at 2 years right um and so he came in and he approached me with my um doorkeeper whose name is frederick and mother mary and after this really 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 difficult night um It was a blessing, like a breath of fresh air almost because I was so deep in grief and I I was looking for this deeper understanding and and how was I going to get through losing my child. And the whole process that I went over the two years, I felt like was a preparation for me in getting ready to write this book. So it's not something I ever conceived and I was like, oh, I'm going to go out and write a book about Mary. That's not how any of it happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was interesting because, so, you know, as, as as our humans, sometimes we want to like logically say, yeah, I, I decided this is the book I'm going to write and this is how I'm going to write it. Even the book about my son I'm not a writer. My son went to college for communications and journalism. I went to college for human services. So I'm not a writer. And when he told me I was going to be writing the book, his book, I was like, uh, I thought he was joking because I was like, that's not possible. I'm not a writer.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, so so now the content of this book is actually the content is from Mother Mary. Is that right?
0: Yes. It has bits and pieces of my son in it. There's a couple of times, you know, as he was preparing me, he would come in and he'd remind me of things. Um, And then Frederick. And then towards the end, it became more of a galactic. Like, there was this connection between the galactics and Mother Mary and I. And so it took me to a place of finally putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And I understood in another way... That I would have never understood before.
1: It sounds like it was like an incremental uh, reveal, because uh, you you talk about the galactic element um, that eventually came into the the connection that you had with have with Mother Mary. It it's it's like. <laughs> Perhaps they're being graceful or compassionate for you not to spring it all on you at once and just kind of increment you along the path, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because think about it. A lot of this stuff that happens to us, and you said it earlier about really being thrown for a loop and then being down for the count, a lot of this stuff really cuts us to the core and takes us to our knees and leaves us in a place of questioning. I always questioned, I never went in blindly and was like, okay, this is what they say, so this is what it is. I always questioned and I wanted to know more and I went deeper and deeper, like why? You know, I remember being a child and looking out the window and wondering, there's gotta be more to this world than what we just know. And as I grew older, I had some remembrances of when I was a child about experiences that, I probably blocked off or put aside or didn't talk about because people would have thought I was crazy. (laughs) Sure. Well,
1: the, um,
0: the, the
1: curious thing about our quote, unconscious or subconscious is we don't know what's in there. We don't know how much junk we have in the trunk, so to speak. And, um, this last episode I had, I had no clue. Um, I mean, I've been scrubbing my psyche for 25 years and I'm, I don't ever think that I'm at the finish line till I glow in the flipping dark. I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, but I, I had no idea there was such volume of unresolved pain and heartache. And what i found curious was when i released as much of it as i could and then it took about a week for me to reassimilate my persona and kind of reintegrate what had happened to me my perception mm-hmm. of the the depth of the human persona kind of got recalibrated and it's kind of weird cuz I was uh i'm I'm editing a book for a second edition, and it, it I could never find the um it never resonated with me to sit down and pound it out and Now I understand that the reason why I never had that inclination to sit down and crank out the book is all my languaging changed in this last event. My perception, my understanding, my my comprehension of the mechanics of karma and consciousness and all this stuff got tipped on its head. And so there was a reason I I never got that motivation. And now when I sit down to write in that same book, it comes flying out of me,
0: you know. That's amazing. So yeah, I the, totally understand what you're saying.
1: So the um so mother mary has provided this content. I'm I'm just looking at the table of content. Now there's uh transmission 1 the activation of light, transmission 2 the rose, transmission 3 the pillar of light. Um and there's more transmissions. That so this is really uh it seems like kind of a a uh, fast track so to speak uh <laughs> perhaps per, <laughs> if you're ready to if you're ready to to allow powerful change in your life here's the stepping stones and and the sense I get is mother mary is connected to this material and so the reader's going to have uh By putting their attention on Mother Mary through reading this material, there will be a a, a consciousness connection. So I think this book is kind of like hardball evolution.
0: (laughs) Honestly, that's what it felt like to me. It was like the fast track exactly as you said. My life unraveled so quickly and I lost people and I lost things and my whole entire life changed and it left me almost in an existential crisis. I was questioning everything in my life. I was realizing that everything I thought was, was not. And all of the people that I thought had my best interest at heart did not have my best interest at heart. So the world that I knew it never existed, right. and so I went into this crisis, like, how could this be? Like, I, I'm 52 years old. There's, <laughs> how, Why have I not known this? Like, you know, all of this stuff happened, and so I learned as I trained with Mary, I came out on this other uh-huh. side of this deeper. My perception changed all of the perceptions about how I thought life was by what I was taught by my parents or by my religion or about my indoctrination in school, all of that that I thought was not true. And so I started to gain this deeper understanding of who I truly was on a soul level and how to see things in this 3d world from a soul's perspective. And so by doing all of that it was so intense for me i had to really allow a lot of processing time in between like um the first three transmissions i did back to back they were relatively simple and then it hit me so and then as i went on further (laughs) i would need yeah really and then i would need maybe two months down that i had to go through processing these emotions and what those hurts like you say it lays so deeply in the psyche that I don't really even think we understand it because the time I come from, you know, you were taught not to feel anything. You were taught to bury it and don't feel it (laughs) and put it away. And so when it surfaces, it's painful. Like I felt like I was losing, even though they were old, outdated, you know, 3D beliefs and thoughts, it was painful to let go of what those things were for me. Because that's all I knew
1: mother mary didn't come down with her were glowing the dark wand and pranging on the head and you're instantly transformed that's kind of what i'm getting at is right. we're here for the human experience and so sure we loaded our psyche up with all this karmic crap over many many lifetimes i mean it's and uh the journey back is through the karma it's through the feeling of it through the pain of it through the you know um we're here to have the human experience in the journey into and out of the darkness and and so i love your story how you're sharing that as you go through these chapters it it's unraveling incongruencies within your own persona and it's a very real tangible feeling of upheaval and and um release and surrender and and that's the journey that's the the that's how you ascend uh, to use the buzzword of the year and uh um you share it so well about how this wasn't a cakewalk it was it i mean it it pushes you up against all the um incongru- incongruent aspects of yourself i mean in order to move to like 5D um everything incompatible with 5D needs to be released from your psyche if if, if that makes sense
0: absolutely yeah that's exactly what happened and in- But how painful that was, right? And to lose people and to lose things because we're so connected. I mean, I, I lost really close relationships with my family and stuff. Like everything unraveled that I knew. And, you know, my whole life changed in this matter of time. So it took me a year to write the book. And then it took me another year after that to really – I spent a lot of time after that year of writing the book and processing and integration over the year of writing the book. I spent another year really deep in a cocooning place of processing more stuff, more stuff that was coming up for me. So I didn't work. I I took off of work. We ended up – we were living in Sedona when we came back and – We ended up moving down to phoenix um sedona kicked us out (laughs) and so we were like oh shoot what do we do now where are we going to go and they directed me to phoenix spirit directed me to phoenix and i did not want to be in phoenix arizona so i was like oh man like so i was in a place that i didn't want to be and going through all of these things um that i didn't necessarily want to face but I, i laugh about it now but i needed that time in solitude i needed to know what it was, who I was supposed to be, who I was becoming, because I was still, I was learning and growing so much. And in that year, like I say, like training under Mary is not for the faint of heart.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, it, it it's uh, it's it's a funny thing. The like, so you sit there and you pray to God. You know, uh, God, uh, I want to have a, a more loving relationship I want to um maybe I want to heal my relationship with love and so the next day this this angry cantankerous psalm bitch comes up to you and starts gnawing on you like you know and uh the next and you're like geez what this sucks and then you go back and you <laughs> pray God I want to have a better relationship with love and the next day you know uh, a dog poops on your shoe or whatever and and you go back and you pray and it's like, God, I wanna have a better relationship with love. And something else comes along that you can't love. And <laughs> it's pushing your buttons. So you can yeah. uh, release it. And and it's the answer to your prayer. But I think people think, well, heal my relationship with love and some flipping lightning bolt zaps your ass. And, From that moment on, love is a natural and intuitive thing. It just doesn't work that way.
0: (laughs) No, it does not.
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) well, uh, now we were talking before the show a bit. Um, uh, You're you're saying there's two more books in the queue. Are they... uh, are they going to be in the same lineage, so to speak, the same genre?
0: You know, I'm actually not sure yet. Um, I've gotten no (laughs) clear clarification. I do know it's going to be more of a galactic sense um, coming from that. So they were preparing me as I was continuing on through my work with Mary. And um, coming about, it, it was almost as if I came full circle. I said earlier I was finding that piece of the puzzle that I had been missing my entire life. Cause I've been searching for something, you know, not understanding why was I here and what I was supposed to do. And, um, always knowing there was more, there was always more for me. Like I said, staring out at the stars and having these amazing experiences. And so I started to, um, look back and and see what those were and through the last couple of transmissions that opened the new galactic energy for me so that really changed things again um and left me in a place of questioning and so how it comes in it it doesn't like you know oh you're going to sit down and write a book and it's going to come you know i usually get like bits and pieces like like when he told me i was going to write about mary and and how it was going to come about and and then, you know, I didn't get anything for a little while. So I, I try not, to, people think, oh, you're you're going to channel a book and you're going to sit down and you're, everything you're going to channel, like, and everything's going to come. And that's not the way that it works. <laughs> you know, some right, days yeah. I would sit there, I'd have time, like, say my whole family, my daughter was in school, my husband was gone. Okay, I'm going to sit down and write. And I would get nothing. And then there'd be other days right. when chaos in the house and I'm channeling like crazy so there, there's no method to the madness, I say. It's not like, oh, you can just sit down when you're channeling and be like, okay, this is what I want to come through because it doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. So uh,
1: I, I write a weekly blog, and sometimes I, I sit there, and it's like, okay, what am I going to write about this time? And my my 3D brain is as blank and bar- barren as the flipping Sahara Desert. <laughs> And some and some little topic comes along, and uh, I'm like, okay, whatever, and I and I just crank it out, and I'll go back and look at um, the metrics of the of the blog, and like, one person might have opened it like twenty five times. It obviously struck a deep chord in them, and like two or three people will unsubscribe from the list, and and it's like um, um, you, you don't it, you don't know the uh, effect or the ripple of when you get material and and when you when you write what you write. It it's uh, I I give up trying to. Decide from my brain whether this is a quote good blog or a quote bad blog. You know, a a, a lamer blog than it could be, because mm-hmm. it you don't always know how it's gonna. I mean, to strike a person so profoundly that they read it twenty five times, it obviously right. is something that that serves them. Well, the. Um, when you look at how you're evolving by working with this material, and and the clarity and the perception—not um, in a, a totality sort of way—but you're talking about as you as you have this release and upheaval that uh, the way you view the world changes. Um, how do you see your how you're going to evolve because if mother mary is inviting us through the ascension process do you see it as more the same like uh unraveling uh similar types of experiences or do you think at some tier or when you go into a new octave it'll have a completely different type of of release and a different um, theme or genre of release from your psyche? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's almost like levels, right? Um, we, we work right. through something and we release it, and maybe it shows up in a different way, but there, we process it now a different way because of our perception of what we learned previously. And so then we take that experience now and we learn through that lens Um I like the analogy I used in the right. book about going to the eye doctor and they use the things, is this clear yet? Is that clear? And they turn it back and they turn it forward. <laughs> and so it, it's that like that type of process, right? You, It's not like right. one and done. I did it and it's done and I'm good because it's a process. What I've found over the last year that I've been in this cocoon space, um, a sort of falling back into that old thinking And then coming back better in the new, my new perception, the way I I perceive things to be. Like, um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, so it would be like, you know, the guy cuts you off on the road and gives you the finger and you're like, you're yelling and screaming and giving the finger back in, in your old self, right? And so I'm not... right. Like, highly evolved Buddha, I will probably give him the finger and dip back into that 3D for a moment and then be like, oh, okay, now I should have, like, how would my new perception realize that? Like, oh, he's got some place to be, or maybe he's in a real rush, or maybe he wasn't even thinking of looking at me, and I don't know what he's going on. So, so the perception about what happened is changing. Um, right. And Those old, outdated beliefs, they're really strong. Like you said, the psyche is strong. It brings you back to those moments, like when my son had passed. It brought me back into all of that. I know he's alive and well where he is, and I know he's in spirit, and I know he's here. Um, But the human aspect of me has a much harder time understanding that than the spiritual aspect of me. Does that make sense?
1: Sure, yeah. I I think there's a point out of – that comes around – I'm kidding – out of futility in that you have wave after wave after wave after wave after wave after wave after wave wave of pain and stuff coming out of your psyche. I think what it's calling you to do is heal your relationship with pain. And because you um, – the ego, the, the, our little sense of self. I mean, and rightfully so, you go into battle and, and all hell breaks loose, quite literally hell. And, uh, and you don't have time to process it. If you don't stay engaged in the horror, you're dead. If you don't stay engaged in the horror, your whole flipping platoon is dead. And, and so in that scenario, you don't have the, convenience of saying well okay what's playing out here is this karmic etc you you can't do that you put uh, ptsd is a gigantic download of unresolved and when you go into shock a hundred percent of what you would be feeling is being downloaded straight into your subconscious and but what i'm getting at is um when you learn to, when pain from the past comes up in your psyche in these healing cycles, a lot of times the little self will react with a cringe and a cringe and a, oh my God, and a cringe and let's, this is a horrible feeling, I want to get rid of it. But if you can heal your, the, the knee-jerk reaction of cringing and suppression and heal your relationship with pain, and just allow it to flow out of you, then the, then the event can be much more powerful, and you can release much more of your karma, and and the the journey shortens if that makes sense.
0: Yes, it does absolutely. I totally agree. Um, you know, I think honestly, I don't think we're ever done learning and growing, <laughs> and embodying and becoming. <laughs> emerging into who we are, right? I mean, you said it earlier, you're 62, right. and you're like, all right, enough is enough already. <laughs> I want to be laying on a beach somewhere <laughs> chilling, you know. Do I really want to have to go through more of this processing and learning and growing? But that's what we sign up for when we come, right?
1: Well, that's that's a good segue into – um what you talk about in, like, moving to Phoenix. So you get this inspiration. What I'm getting at, a lot of uh, uh, spiritual, meta, uh, metaphysical-minded uh, teachers and speakers and whatnot are like, you can make the life that you want. And and I'm not discounting that whatsoever. We are uh source consciousness incarnate and that's true we can make any life we want and when we're we're, when we're coming out of the struggle we have this uh, sometimes some of us have this idea that well i'm going to visualize a big house and i'll i'll have a pool in the back and i'll lounge in the chair and 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 um we want to quote manifest unquote this As part of, uh, and we see it as part of the evolution or ascension process, as I raise my spirituality, I will reclaim my ability to manifest in short order type thing. But like you shared, and we were talking a little bit before the show started, that um, you uh, you didn't necessarily want to move to Phoenix. And um, I was sharing with you that I quit. I quit trying to vet what what the inspiration is telling me to do in the moment. Talk, talk about um, I don't know what to call it the the surrender to your life purpose, surrender to higher consciousness, surrender to higher purpose. How would you describe? your willingness to to follow that impulse even though it might not be something um your you would choose on your own
0: yeah i sort of really had in the beginning i had a harder time with it because i was like this is not where what i want and this is not what i want to do right um and this is not where i want to be um and then i have a family too so it's it's not just me on my own you know i have a husband and a daughter so when something like this is coming along you're changing everybody's life so as a human i have other people too that i sort of have to consult in these things you know like this is where we're supposed to be and this is what we're supposed to do and it's not always met with yeah let's go and do it you know sometimes my husband will say Like, really? I mean, do you think that's good? Or, you know, let's talk about it. And so there was a process for us because I I don't know if you know about Sedona, but Sedona is very healing. And Sedona will welcome welcome you when you belong there. And it will spit you out when you don't. So... After we, we traveled for a year in the RV after my son passed, he guided us to go on the road. And that was great because I was like, okay, yeah, I could do that. He guided my husband to sell the business so we could have the money to go on the road and live for a year um, and travel. Um, and I was doing energy work on the grid. Um, those things that you're like, okay, yeah, I could do that. But leaving, then we came back to Sedona and everything fell apart again. Um, so I kept getting this vision of the Buddha and the Buddha sits there in peace and Everything around the Buddha is crumbling. All the walls are crumbling and the Buddha is in peace. So every time, every single time, I would be met with something, some challenge, some obstacle, something that I didn't want to do. I had to really go back into this place and I make a joke about it in the book I put a note on the door. If you're looking for Terry Ann, she's (laughs) meditating with finding peace with Buddha Um, because it was like that. It was like things were crumbling. I was questioning everything and I had to sit in peace and surrender to what that was and really ask, all right, this is what you want me to do and where you want me to go. Okay. And how do I surrender to that now? And so I would sit in meditation and I went into this cocoon space, and I spent time there as everything's falling apart. Because, you know, it's the spiritual journey is not for the faint of heart. Things aren't like, oh, I wake up, I'm awakened, and everything's great. Because often, right. as we're moving up in our levels and we're ascending, things are changing. You're changing timelines. You're changing places. And all of these things are happening because you're ascending, right? And maybe what you laid out for yourself... Um, when you But when you came here with your contract, was different because you didn't know how far you'd get. So now you're on this new trajectory, right. this new path. It's like the fast pass at Disney World. <laughs> you're on this fast pass now. <laughs> and they put me in a place because when I had gone to Sedona, I heard I would stay in Sedona. Um, that was in 2018. Now when we came back, um, we went on the road in 21, and then we came back and it kicked us out gosh in a matter of months like everything in our life was falling apart so i had to really dive deep into what that surrender looked like for me it wasn't easy to do not at all not by any means but i had to just keep going back to that space again and trust that the universe source my soul they all knew what they were doing even if i don't always know at the time i think that's really what i had to surrender to knowing i'm fully supported like my son would say, you know, the universe, your source, your soul has not taken you this far. I haven't taken you this far just to all of a sudden say, okay, you're done. Now your life's going to fall apart and you're going to sit there and wonder what happened. You know, that's not the case. I was still supported. But those harder things in life, those challenges is really when you need to dig deep into that surrender and find, okay, I may not understand it, but this is what I'm being guided to do and I have to do it. And I've learned that as I do that, it becomes easier, if that makes sense. It's not like I'm pushing a door that doesn't want to open. It's like, okay, you want me to go to Phoenix? Oh, man, Phoenix, really? It's like hell. I mean, it's like 120 <laughs> degrees in the summer, you know? Um, so you're like, wow, really yeah. that? Okay. So it's it's finding that, that peace within you that's okay with that and understanding that. You know you're being guided there for a reason, and, and there's more to come for you while you're there, or wherever, whatever it is, or whatever you're guided to do.
1: Well, and free will works all the way around the table, you know, in in that. So you might have a a, a soul agreement to do this and that and whatever with people, and uh, and. You get to that point where it would have happened, and they choose to bail for whatever reason because free will works all the way around the table. And right. and so the the reason or the purpose of why you were perhaps sent to Sedona, um, the metrics of the souls you would line up with to accomplish whatever, their side of it through their own free will, fell the wills fell off, so to speak. 'Cause I I think spirit is eternally you know when when you're following the the flipping phone and it and you make the wrong turn it's just recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> yes. is perpetually recalculating as the eagles bail because they're like, What the hell did they sign up for? Spirit recalculates, it looks for new dynamics new i don't know if new soul contracts would be the word for it but new new ways for uh things to happen so to speak and and so it's not i don't think any lifetime is like some straight line unless you know um i just i can't imagine um life being that static for that long a time to, to, in other words, your soul has this straight line vision of what your incarnation will be like, and and have it actually play out that way, especially with other people involved. Probably not very likely.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I always thought something was wrong with me because I always was my life was like a spiral, <laughs> and I always looked at everybody else's life, and I had a perception that their life was perfect. It went in that straight line. I'm going to do this, this, and this and it all worked out. My life was that crazy spiral. It still is. Um, and we can laugh about it, and my husband and I laugh about it now, but um, there's times, you know, and especially, like I said, when you have a spouse and you're making these big decisions or being guided to do these things and and they're like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> you know, What? We're going to move to Sedona yeah. and what? Now we're going to leave Sedona and we're going to sell the business and we're going to do all this stuff. And so I think it makes it Like you said, he has free will, I have free will. Had he not done it, things would definitely be different. Um, But I believe that we have a contract with one another too. And so he's really good about that. But I think everybody with their own free will, I mean, that plays a lot into um, what we're here to do, what we're going to accomplish, those contracts we've made. And the more that you're on your spiritual journey, I mean, they say this all the time, you're evolving, right? And you're with this group of people. And they no longer fit into who you are or what you are. And they sort of just fall away organically, I find. And it could be said uh-huh. It's hard for those relationships now to go by the wayside because you've invested so much time in them, right? And so you get to this new place, this new perception of understanding what that is and how can you be okay with that i think that's what i'm trying to say it's like as we evolve and grow and things are changing so much um you're gaining this deeper understanding of those not everybody can go with you or everybody's not always there for right. the entire run of your lifetime while you're here
1: nice i like that well the you know when you're when you're just starting your ascension process buzzword as of the year um um from that perspective you want like i was saying earlier uh you want the nice house you want the whatever um you, your mind has has this um idea of of what the quote good life unquote would look like but if you go i mean if you evolve into the let's use dimensions third four, and then the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh and the eighth and i'm exaggerating to a point um in in those higher tiers that fancy house is like ugh, it's a it's a <laughs> thing look at look at all these people how wonderful will your heart feel if you go over here and show compassion how wonderful will your heart feel if you uh provide service you know the soul wants to be uh of service and when you go into those upper tiers like like you've been saying your percept not only your perception of the world you live in changes and the people around you changes but your the purpose of your life shifts it's perspective and genre and uh, narrative as well uh, like and you said that the ascension process is not for the lighthearted. and <laughs> the farther up you go the more your ego has to it doesn't have to but when you choose to let go of what the nar- narrative is going to be for your life and you surrender to that higher calling it's a really cool thing, but it's not very uh, common or perhaps easy for people to, to make that transition.
0: No, not at all, because like I said, I'm working in human services now. I'm working for Department of Health Services. I'm living in Phoenix. Like, these are not things that had I made a vision board years ago that would have been on my vision board of what I want, what Terry right, Ann yeah. wanted, right? Yeah. And right. so understanding that it's for that higher purpose, right? I've now done this work long enough to know. And when I was – it was funny because I took that year um, cocooning and working through another year of intense processing and integration, I heard that my time in solitude had expired (laughs) and it was time for me to get back into the world. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, really? And so – you know, the work that I do now, that's not for the faint of heart either. You know, you're working with a lot of people that have a lot of issues. And it's, for me, as the empath, um, I want to help everybody. I want to fix everybody and and give them, you know, the tools to help themselves. But you can't always do that. And so I think there's a twofold to the process, right? I'm working at a job now where I am being of service and I'm helping others and I'm teaching others how to be nurturing and and caring towards their children. But I'm also learning that process for myself. How do I nurture and care for myself? And so it's like the twofold that I've learned just recently through the, the experience with Mary. Right. Well, the, it's a powerful
1: thing to uh, like if somebody is down in the dumps and they have a very low opinion of themselves and they come into your presence and they show you this, this facade of I'm less than, I'm not worthy. I am not deserving. You know, I'm, and, and they don't see themselves very well. And you, Look right through that, you look right through that and you see that core persona in them and you don't flinch or respond to to the reaction they're more or less peddling for, so to speak. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And to be in social services, you're putting yourself in the river, you know, the river of humanity and... Wow, what a what a powerful calling.
0: Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been so interesting. <laughs> um and, and there are times honestly that I still do question it because everything has just been um so eye-opening for me. I I feel so humbled like to work with Mary number 1. And I'm not the only one. I I believe right now Mary's energy is present on earth and there's a lot for of sure. people that are channeling Mary and Jesus. Um, So I feel like, you know, because of the way our consciousness is changing, um, that it needed to be that way. But I feel so humbled that, and in the beginning I questioned it too. I didn't know if I could be the one to bring this information through because it was so intense for me. Those hurts and those pains, those emotions, um, those were all deeply embedded in me. Um, So I questioned myself, was I the person to do this? I didn't know that I I could do this. Um and as I progressed, like the first six really um the first six transmissions really put me through the ringer.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um And the last six, you know, they started easing up a little, and then I started to be on the other side of what that was for me. But what I love about the transmissions is each person gets uniquely what they need. I mean, you may look at one transmission, and that's all you need, and you may never be guided to ever pick up the book again. It's truly what's for you, and that's what I love about it. It's so tailored for everybody, and then there's journaling, and there's meditations, and there's stuff like that to really – dive deeper into what it is for you, what these transmissions are unraveling for you or where you've held yourself below, you know, what you thought you were because of everybody who told you who they thought you should be.
1: Right. Well, it's it's kind of like uh, we build our egos. Nobody had an ego the day they were born, and we pretty much were uh sculpted in our family dynamic our egos were literally created in our family dynamic and i like the metaphor of you know the the surf's out and you go down to the the low tide and you make a sandcastle and this is your idea of yourself your ego sense of self and you make a wonderful sandcastle it's so very very nice and uh and here comes the tide back in, and the first splash hits it, and you're like, no, 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 you know, because your sense of self is who you think you are. And here comes another wave. There's a, I think there's a point where you realize none of this stuff is really me, and you turn around, and when the wave comes, you push the sandcastle into the wave, and you let it vanish into uh, um, it dissolving, and then your true self is the one on the beach and not that that acquired sense of self, so to speak. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to make sure the audience knows how to get your books, plural, and um, feel free to share anything about any modalities or work you do with people in your page. Can you do that now, please?
0: Absolutely. So my books you can find on Amazon, uh, Reaching for You and um, From Death to Life, The Incredible True Story of Anthony Joseph. They can find me at terriannrussell.az.me. I'm teaching actually the book, so you'll get the book, and then I have private one-on-one courses where I help you go through each transmission and we do that processing and integration together so you're not on your own. And then I do a group course where we delve also deep, but it's in a group um, setting. So you're with other people as you're um, going through the process and integration for you, what's coming up. Um, I'm collaborating with my friend Jeremy McDonald. We just created a QAHT course uh, that's coming in October. And I have another collaboration with my friend Cherie that we're working on that's bringing in higher level um, feminine channels now. Um, bringing in that feminine energy as we go forward.
1: Well, very nice. Um, So do you have any closing thoughts for our audience?
0: I would say that this life truly is a journey. Um, The more that you can sort of have fun with it and play with it, I think the easier we make it so difficult. I think the more you can have fun with it, the easier it is.
1: Very nice. Well, Terry ann I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's been so nice having you back on the show.
0: I appreciate you. Thanks, Les.
1: We've been talking with Terry ann Russell, and the topic tonight is Reaching for You, the name of Terry anns latest book. It's, uh, <laughs> you know if your soul had actually read the brochure about incarnating on planet Earth at this time, if if you actually read the fine print at the bottom that said uh, uh, your results might vary <laughs> and, and <laughs> it's, it's an ever-evolving story. It just is. It's ever-evolving and the more you choose to participate in, with an attitude of growth, with an attitude of uh, learning, with an attitude of trying to understand, you can make the journey as fast or as slow as you want. I mean, I don't mean fast as like, poof, you're done and now you're Christ Consciousness and you walk around and, and zap heal people, but you can choose your pacing, and a, a lot of it has to do with your relationship, with your feelings and emotions, and attitudes. What a fun conversation! I, I knew this was going to be a delightful episode. Um, it is, it is a powerful um, book to intend to read because when you set an intention, um, that put. Wills into motion and this book is is quite literally about the uh the evolution of your consciousness in a fast track sort of way. Well I'm your host Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Thank you, the listener. Yes you yes you thank you for showing up for yourself. I really appreciate it. Until next time. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. This
0: has been a New Human Living radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.